You're listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we work to reflect the diversity of Hermanus as we gather to hear the good news about the person and work of Jesus and as we scatter to share it. We hope that you enjoy. Last week, we heard that to know Jesus, to have received him by faith, means that you are in this moment already safe and saved and raised on the last day. Specifically, these were the last words we heard. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. That's John 6:51. Remember, this crowd that is following Jesus has come for something. Bread. They want to be fed, but they still have not gotten it, and they are still following him from one place to the next, and they are beginning to ask the question, what does this guy have to offer me? So, let me ask each of us this question. Why are you here this morning? Or, why are you listening to this? If you came here looking to be fed with physical bread, sorry, COVID is a novid for the Lord's Supper again this week, though I need it, and I know you do, so let's plan for it next week. If you came this morning looking for some kind of teaching that will satisfy you, you may need to manage your expectations. If you came thinking I could help you have a special knowledge that could piece life together like a beautiful puzzle, brace yourself. If you thought the text today might hold a piece of information that would cause the hard things of life to make sense, hold fast. If you came this morning being a little disappointed by Jesus' performance last week, then this week will probably make you even more disappointed. In fact, you could walk away discouraged because two things are true that we do not want to be true. The first is what Jesus said to us last week. The Father drags you like a distracted puppy to the place that you need to be. He draws you kicking and screaming to Jesus, who does not let go of you when you have been given to him. And the second true thing is that there is not a menu of options when it comes to what Jesus gives you when you are brought to him. We want bread and a put-together life and a special knowledge, but instead he gives us a meal of flesh and blood. Jesus told them, You want bread? I will give you bread. Bread that will make you live forever. And that bread is my flesh. My physical body. What in the world, Jesus? Here is another thing that is true about Jesus. Every time someone comes to him in the text, knowing their need or wanting to ask a serious question, Jesus does strange and unexpected things. Like telling them to repent and believe. He lets them know that they are healed or that their loved one has been healed. He tells them that their sins are forgiven. 
And then for everyone that comes to Jesus selfishly, thinking that they have a need maybe, or they have just this little need that if that could be fixed, then the person can take care of themselves from tomorrow onward. For that person, Jesus complicates life. He challenges expectations. He disappoints. People walk away throwing their hands up in frustration or bowing their heads down in confusion and defeat. So again, what do you want to hear from the preached word this morning? Probably not what comes next. If Jesus giving his flesh to you to eat seems confusing, it was to his hearers as well. They argued about it. They asked, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? What kind of word picture is this? What kind of sick idea does this guy have? So, for a group of people who do not want to understand, Jesus takes a dirty window and he smears mud all over it. So it's even more difficult to look out of. Very truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You're a dead person. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, living forever, <laughs> and I will raise him up on the last day. This is strange, though not so much for you and I, right? I mean, we talk about this during the Lord's Supper all the time, how it is a gift meal given to us to picture the good news about Jesus' death for you on the cross. The language is similar, but Jesus is not yet pointing to that meal. He is wanting us to hear something else. And John, the author of this gospel, is wanting us to hear something else as well. Let's continue and find out what that something else is. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Well, that makes sense. If we eat Jesus, he will live inside of us forever. Right? No, that does not make sense. Don't pretend like it does. <laughs> What we do have answered for us here is why this meal that Jesus is talking about is so important. It's true. It is the realest of the real. It's the most real thing. This is the language that we used in the Word Made Flesh confession this morning. Truly God, He became truly man. So this meal is more real than any other meal. Okay, check. And if we eat it, we are always with Jesus and he is always with us. Continuing in verse 57, As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. It seems like Jesus is just repeating everything from last week. But hold on. You know that bread that your ancestors ate, that good gift from God? They still had to work for it. They still had to be obedient for it, and they still died. But not you. 
not with this bread. This bread has come down to you from heaven. Jesus here is talking about himself. He's talking about his flesh being the bread. And what do we know about his flesh? Well, we read it this morning already. He is the word made flesh. Jesus is the word. His flesh is the word. <laughs> so what is Jesus saying? Hear my words. Eat them up. Let them be in you. If my word is in you, I am in you. And nothing can separate you from the salvation that you have found in me. That I have given to you. Well, maybe that's a good explanation, Wade. But it still seems confusing. I agree. So let's keep going. In response, Jesus' hearers deliver an excellent understatement. It seems like they're pulling their punches just a little, perhaps out of confusion and no small amount of disgust about this whole blood drinking and flesh eating business. This is how they react. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Yeah. They are right. This is hard to hear and understand. We came for bread and life improvement, and you give us this? Jesus responds by saying, Are you offended and confused by this? Okay. You come to me because you wanted more bread. You did not get bread, and so you wanted some other kind of miracle. What if you got to see me going back up to the Father, me, the true Son of God, going back to the true Father? What then? This would not change your hard hearts. The Spirit gives life, and the flesh is of no help at all when it comes to faith. But the words that I have been preaching to you ever since you started traveling with me those words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. You should be eating and drinking them up. The only flesh that saves you, body and soul, and carries you into eternity is my flesh, myself, Jesus, the Word of God. Verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe. And he continued. This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is gifted him by the Father. So what do you think we should expect to see next? Obviously, what we want to see is everyone finally understanding that God the Father has brought them to this point. He has placed them in front of Jesus. He has given them food so that they could keep journeying and hearing the words of eternal life. Finally, they are all going to get it and they are all going to finally confess who Jesus is. Right? After this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Wait, are you telling me that these people saw the sign of the bread being distributed in abundance. They did not even have to collect it like their ancestors did because the twelve disciples handed it out to them. They traveled across the sea. They walked from the shore to the city 
to the synagogue to hear this teacher who they know is special. And all along the way, people have left to go back to their normal lives, probably many of them with faith in the one who they have heard preach. And yet this group of would-be faithful disciples who have gone this far do not get what they want from Jesus and decide to go back to working it out for themselves? Jesus promised them more than they could have ever thought to ask for themselves. He guaranteed the resurrection for them. He told them that with him they are safe and saved and have the guarantee of life forever with God. He told them that all they needed was to believe that he was the word of God, God himself in the flesh, and they have decided to walk away. Well, great. What a great teaching moment. Jesus is going to turn to all of those who are left and tell them how great they are and what their next steps are, right? So, Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? <laughs> Jesus turns to those who are left, the twelve, of whom John is always reminding us, that there is one treacherous lame duck. He turns to them and offers them an out. You've seen what I have to offer. Only myself. Do you too want to leave? And Peter answers. And, you know, good on him. Because Peter actually figured it out. <laughs> Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. He gets it. This is not a feeding scheme. This is not a self-improvement clinic. It is not a spiritual journey. This is a rescue operation, and Jesus is here to give all of himself to save all that the Father gives into his hands. He is here to defeat and put to death our sinful selfishness, to destroy the stronghold of Satan and his servants. He is here to seek and save the lost. He is here to bring completeness and wholeness where there was only fear, guilt, shame, and doubt. He is here to give you the true drink and true food that is the word, the good news of himself. We gather as a church to read, pray, preach, praise with, and picture God's word about Christ each and every week. And we do that because Jesus thinks that we need to do it. We need it because Jesus is the word of eternal life who we are called to believe in. Not because he's a good teacher, not because he made bread and fish, not because he could keep the attention of a crowd. We need God's true word, Jesus, because he did more than just move his mouth. He gave all of himself for all of our sin. His flesh was torn and pierced. His blood was drained for you. Not because you needed a little bit of help to get back on the obedient path, back on your feet. 
If that was the case, you would be turning around and walking away right now. You know your need because you have believed what God says about you is true. You are a sinner and you sin. (laughs) You have no righteousness of your own. You have no obedience to offer to God that is worthwhile to him. You know that in Christ's living and dying, your sin has been removed His righteousness has been given to you and all his obedience covers over a lifetime of half-hearted trying. You have been saved by the word that abides in you and in whom you now abide with from this day until the last day. Jesus has you and he does not let go of you. And it is in Jesus' name that we give thanks. Amen and amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.